Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode. Live Let Thrive. What is up, Micah man? I'm chilling, Stevie Stacks. How you doing? Great. This is our third attempt. Third time's a charm, so we're going to nail this today. This is episode 168 of your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, short-term, long-term, share economy podcast in the world. 168, I said. And we have special guests today, Micah. Who we got? Who we got? <laughs> Peter, Fr- uh, Peter Francis and Michael Curiosis. Did I get that right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. You nailed it. All right. And they got behind them uh, a goat riding a goat, it looks like. So I guess the two goats. I don't know what's going on here. And, and Micah told me about these guys. They said they are the goats. And I can't wait to hear why they are the goats. They are the goats. Um, I've actually, I think I've been talking to them a while on Facebook. I've been following them. And uh, man, there's some killers in the space. But I'm going to let them go into who they really are. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're here with Ma- Peter and Michael. So Peter and Michael, tell us, hop right in. How did you guys get started in the space? Sure. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've known each other forever. I mean, oldest friends. We've been playing basketball since elementary school and then became really good friends after that middle school. Uh, when uh, basketball didn't start until seventh grade, so we were a little bored in sixth grade and joined the musical Grease together. Uh, and, you know, to, to, to get girls. But uh, ever since then, <laughs> yeah, we've, we've always been great friends. And um uh, Peter was actually in Detroit working after college, and I was in Chicago um, in consulting um, with my uh, girlfriend, Maria, the third partner, and um, both of us, uh, all of us knew we, like, wanted to do something else with our lives and, like, really make a lot of money, which is never going to happen in corporate. Um, so Maria and I actually start out, um, like, selling socks on Amazon and then flipping uh, houses, and while we were flipping houses, we had just been talking to Peter a lot more about, like, what can we do more in entrepreneurship together? And we had a need at the time to fill our house while we were waiting for it to be sold. And we were like, well, we could put, we could put this on Airbnb and we've been looking at Airbnb a little bit already. So um, even though the house ended up selling, we said we still really want to do this. And we had just heard of the Airbnb arbitrage. I think we were actually listening to your podcast a lot at the time. So we went out and signed uh, two leases in Chicago, put them up and we were hooked. Just especially back then, I mean, 2019, I mean, yeah. we were making a lot of money from lease arbitrages and knew this is what we wanted to do forever. It was um, a, it was a fun start. I was working um, in an office and I, I'd listen to you guys. I would uh, put type in Airbnb podcast. And I think the first one I heard was in the sixties. It was with Syed and it was Chicago. And it was like talking about management, arbitrage. And I'm just like, I've listened to you guys in my earphones, uh, or my earbuds, uh, right every day at the cubicle and uh finally we were able to sign a couple leases we were starting to target we would do zillow blast we would walk for dollars i was coming from detroit to chicago every weekend and once we hit three it was like all right let's let's do this full time there's there's no book on entrepreneurship it's you figure it out for yourselves and here we are uh trial and error to here yeah, Peter. Peter left his full time job, moved to Chicago. We completely, we completely gave up uh, uh, flipping and wholesaling. We're like, we got to do Airbnb full time, and um, yeah, we've grown a good amount since yeah. in uh, three years, almost three years now. Nice. So, first question: How does it feel to talk to two celebrities? 
<laughs> pretty, pretty fun. Well, we've been oh, really excited for this one, honestly. Definitely. We're, yeah. we're lucky. We reached, we used to reach out to Mike a decent amount with like anytime we had questions on anything on the business. And that's the thing I love most about your guys' podcast is there was actionable steps and we were actionable steps and we were getting started. So it's pretty cool and pretty cool to be here. <laughs> that's pretty dope, man. Thank y'all for continuing to listen to our craziness, man. But yeah, it's been fun. Uh, so uh, how many units are y'all up to? I don't know if y'all said that, but yeah, how many units are y'all up to now? We just, uh, we just hit 60 total. Um, I believe of those 48 or 49 are live. The other are all signed and we are either, you know, doing the construction or furnishing or whatever it takes. Um, I think one we just signed today. So that's pretty right. exciting. And so you're 60. What location is that? We are all so, over. Yeah, we're all over. We started in Chicago then also San Diego, uh, Pittsburgh, Southwest Michigan, uh, Michigan City, Malibu, and now Lake Geneva. Oh, I'm sorry, and Scottsdale, Scottsdale Arizona and, as and, well. Uh, and launching in New Hampshire and Philadelphia in the next uh, month or two. Mm -hmm. Wow, y'all are all over, that's insane. Um, so I, I guess the, the first question I wanna ask is, um, how, how, do you, how did y'all get out? How did y'all expand so much? You started in Chicago. How did you end up in San Diego and Michigan and Pittsburgh? How did you end up in all these different places? Yeah. Um, so, yeah San Diego, on, selfishly, yeah. we wanted to spend time there. So we're like, okay, dream life scenario is I want to spend, I love summers in Chicago, but I got to find something for the winter. I can't do another one. So San Diego is just one of our favorite cities. So we just started to look there on um, we signed two four-unit apartment buildings a month before the pandemic started. So Ooh. it wasn't the most ideal start. It was a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, but going into the other cities is we had a couple of our biggest investors here in Chicago start getting really big into the vacation rentals. Um, so Southwest Michigan, and I guess to prove this a little bit, um, when COVID started, we were mainly uh, lease arbitrage. We had a couple management clients and when you lose that amount of bookings in a matter of a day or so, it's, you got to figure something out. And so we kind of pivoted more now into a management company. And luckily with some of our investors, they got real big into lake homes and we did a good job for them in Chicago. And as they had their leases, um, well, their, their properties um, weren't getting booked during COVID. We were a little more risk adverse. We have a really good screening system. So we lowered our prices, but we remained booked. It wasn't the profits or anything that we were projecting, but bringing in 60% of their payment compared to bringing in nothing, mm -hmm. we were able to build a pretty Especially good Especially when they couldn't rent them long-term either. So yeah. they were kind of stuck. Um, yeah, we actually, we, we gained a lot of clients from our competitors during COVID because yeah, a lot, a lot of people came over to us that weren't getting any bookings. Or then all of our clients were telling all of their friends, like, hey, our guys are keeping us full. You know, we really learned and beefed up all of our security with our cameras and our 24-7 you know, team watching them and uh, everything like that. So we, we actually ended up using COVID to, to grow a fair amount. Nice. Uh, man. Oh, were you about to go, Steve? Oh, I have a million questions, but go ahead. Finish oh, yeah, I, I do. So, like, you said you're in all these cities all over, right? So, let's say you're looking at San Diego or somewhere where you're going to be remote. How do you guys set up the systems in that city before you go there? Like, the cleaners, who's, gonna, uh, who's the boots on the ground? How do you guys analyze that before going into that city? Finding that right 
uh, you know, cleaner or turnover team essentially is like the most important part. And we've really found, I think because we had to grow our business remotely to start, I think we're almost better at growing them remotely. So when we're not on the ground, like we're looking for just the most talented people. We keep joking that we have this personality type or avatar now that makes us very successful in other markets. We find um, either families or husband and wife um, duos where they are hungry for work, love working, say yes to everything. Um, one, you know, very good at cleaning and very detail oriented. Another one that's handy and does maintenance. And they're almost, they want work so much, they're almost jealous if other people get the work. Though that personality type almost has created our best turnover teams and our best reviews in cities that were in once a year, yeah. twice a year. And we'd love to be there more. That's the goal eventually. But uh, yeah, that that's crucial. And we it's just a matter of getting out online on you know, turnover BNB, Facebook, Yelp, um, Google, and just finding everyone you possibly can to interview. Oh, you, you said you have an avatar for talented people that you want to hire. That I've never heard on this podcast. <laughs> when people talk about avatar, they're talking about a customer. That is genius. So how do you go about targeting that, that, that person? Like, like you said, you, you know who they are, but like, how do you go about targeting them? That, that was awesome. You find out pretty quick. Right. So you, you talk to a couple of people, you, you kind of weed it down a little bit. And you, once you start off with the team, you know, probably within the first two or three turnovers, how are they going to work? Do they work with our team? Um, are they taking pictures? Is there any kind of uh, hiccups or anything mm -hmm. that we go through? Did the guest reach out about anything? And then it's just kind of having those um, talks in the beginning and kind of setting your expectation. And it, it is one of those things where you kind of hire slow, you fire fast. And truthfully, we don't, sometimes we haven't fired fast enough, but um, it's one of those things where you, you, you can see, you can kind of see the levels of talent. Yeah, we're, and we're talking about the people that are constantly coming up with ideas for your unit and half the time they're just going ahead and doing them. And then, you know, a lot of the time when things are breaking, you know, we're finding out that it's fixed before we found out it's broken. And those are the types of teams that we want to work with. I, I guess, and I know y'all have seen this too, you know, we're cleaners and, and, and the turnovers is, is the hardest part. Finding good cleaners is the hardest part. Um, do y'all notice, I mean, is there red flags that pop up right away? Let's say, for example, that um, a guest said something about something, about wouldn't being clean or nothing. And, and just, by, just by the reaction of the cleaner, you know, okay, they got to go. You know, for example, if they, if they throw out an excuse mm -hmm. right away, you know, I mean, does, I mean, does that, that's automatically a red flag. Whereas if someone's, are they, are they freak out? Oh, my God, you know, I must have done this or that. I must have. It's just the reaction tells you uh, the whole story. For sure. And lack of communication. We kind of found with some, you, you don't really hear from them and then you're kind of asking them and then you're kind of moved on to the next thing. Having someone who's going to be, who's going to communicate with you, be pretty transparent, um, tends, tends to work best with us. But, but that husband, that, that's gold right there, people are listening, finding the husband and wife duo because... Too many of them for it to not be the case. <laughs> right, right. Because we have, we have um, I'm lucky enough to have that in, in Fort Worth, a husband and wife duo that run the company together. Uh, wife cleans 
she's the best cleaner we ever had and the husband he could fix things you know and and he just we just tell him hey can you do this we'll pay for it whatever do you know how to do this and he'll and he'll fix it it's like wow you know that's that's the combo you want yeah yeah Funny you say that the the cleaners we just hired they're a husband and wife couple so yeah that 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 might be a little thing I might have to start looking for. Agreed. And so the screen you mentioned the screening system on guests and and you said you even were able to lower your price and Riff Raff was not able to get through. Um, so could you explain your your um, screening system to us? So it's never it's never perfect. I guess I would say I'm more risk adverse with it because we have systems also mm -hmm. to. Uh, to get those, um, to kind of end those bookings. Um, well, that was the end. And that was right. during the worst time. We don't yeah, have to no. be as risky now. Um, <laughs> but no, we just have, we ended up hiring three VAs right before COVID started to, was able to keep them on, um, ended up growing now to five and having the ring doorbells, having the noise awares, having really strict, clear rules. And it's never going to be perfect, but having it in your listing, um, with Verbo, we feel a little bit more protected than we sometimes through Airbnb. Airbnb was all right during COVID. <laughs> if there was a party or anything's damaged, it was we were able to go through the resolution Re center. Refund yeah, refund BNB. <laughs> we could go through uh, and get some receipts and everything. Um, and so at least we can make that back. Um, but no, it, it was definitely tough, but I just I felt it was better than the alternative of staying unbooked. And at least while we were trying to grow and figure something out, we lost about, it was, it was pretty fun. I, I shouldn't say it's funny. It's funny now. <laughs> uh, we were one year in business. It was, I think, March 14th, March yep. 15th. We went to a local Chicago comedy club. We had our uh, his family in. Yep, um, friends. Yes. All celebrating. Celebrating one year in business. We beat winter and we're smooth sailing now. <laughs> and within 24 hours we're at the comedy club, uh, we lost about $90,000 in bookings. And yeah, it was, it, we were almost just reasons. hysterical. We were just <laughs> like, oh my God, what, what do we do? We're all in. Um, so we had to kind of figure it out and we, we thought it would be better. We, we tried to beef up security. Um, we tried to push for longer stays. And then we were just trying to prove to our couple clients that, hey, we can still bring in something. I know it's not what um, you were expecting, but going against the uh, the alternative of not being booked um it ended up working out decently right. well for us see that see that's a first because i've always heard of guys um losing ninety thousand at a strip club but not at a comedy club <laughs> <laughs> so you guys said something about verbo protections now i've never heard too much about verbo protections like during the pandemic you guys had a lot of success with verbo protections i know that the caliber of guests, the COVID guests, yeah, definitely got a different caliber of guests. But really, Verbo has good protections and pays out. I guess with with, with Verbo, there's there's kind of three options. There's not being insured. They have the CSA where the guests can pay seventy nine ninety nine one nineteen, and that was our option that we went with at first. But then we realized guests were kind of running out of our garage, lifted our garage. Um, and we weren't able to get um, anything because they said it was broken due to a rule violation. And then they have a third option where you can set your own security deposit. So now it's almost like our direct booking site. I can put a $300 security deposit. I can put a $350 security deposit. Is it going to help all the time? No, it's not. Is it going to cover um, a couple of the little things that 
that three hundred dollars would have would have been nice. It was five fifty to fix the garage, um, or a little. I can't remember. Right. Um, yeah. But no, it was uh, it was there, and it wasn't. The thing with Airbnb is maybe like you can bring on all your receipts and everything, and you have everything organized. But if you don't respond within forty eight hours, or they're looking for any kind of way to calling you in the middle of the night, yeah, <laughs> only call me like at three a.m. instead of regular normal work hours. That that's actually gotten right. better. Right. Um, but it seemed like we were fighting tooth and nail for so long, and it'd be mm-hmm. it drags out. It dra- it, sometimes it's months, and it's like all right, that that would have been nice. Um, within the month, especially during a tough time where where we need some uh, some money to keep this business going. And, and, and Verbo's better. They're not as, as refund happy, right? It, they they definitely seem to right. Yeah. For Airbnb, it's it's funny. We had someone, we had, um, our thing is before COVID, if we had unpackaged food, we would leave it for the next guest. We had people in for Lala. We left a bunch of pizza rolls. Yeah, White well, Claw. White Claw, yep. Um, we had one guest. He did not like that there was unopened pizza rolls in our freezer, and he pulled out one of our dressers, stayed the weekend, and then took a picture of the dresser and tried to go for a full refund, saying the place wasn't ready. And the drawer was like this crooked. And, mm. and that one that one just kind of stuck with me as like, oh, man, we're, we're kind of um, on the defense a lot. Mm-hmm. But we, we do try to give our um, – if there, there are things, though, like our team – we have we have a budget to give back for gas and everything because not everything's going to be perfect. But sometimes it's just funny. It's just like, all right, light bulb and a lamp was out, or batteries from the remote were taken. You're fifty percent that night, and it's like, oh man. <laughs> now, now um, you mentioned earlier uh, t- your twenty four seven cameras. How do, how does that work? So we have our team of VAs, um, and we basically have ring cameras at, let's say, a little about. 70% of our properties are more of our high risk properties. And what they do is part of their schedule is they're going through and cycling through the cameras. They have the notifications on their phone when there's motion um, and just making sure that things, things are looking good. And now it's a kind of a little bit of a different time versus COVID with Chicago, especially all the bars are closed, restaurants are closed. So people were looking to looking to have a place to have um have a party and invite forty to fifty people. And part of our portfolio were were bigger homes. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit tougher there. But with at least the ring camera, Airbnb has been better with oh man, it's twenty five people coming in or it's the twenty fifth person coming in and you allow eight. So it ended up helping at least a little bit with our cases. And then it also lets our team, we call the guests right away. We call the guests right mm-hmm. away if we have to call um, other are some of our boots on the ground or if we have to call, um, it's only happened a couple of times, if we have to call the police, at least we have someone watching and able right. to do so. And there's a couple really obvious giveaways too. We've noticed now, mm-hmm. like most of the time someone's walking in with balloons from the start, it's not great. I mean, <laughs> it's older people and it's fine, but like, balloons up the big speakers. numbers oh man these people yeah. came with a giant 37 um light up <laughs> it's like where are you going it's, it's kick out. yeah yeah that's what i'm saying so how do you how do you go about stopping a party remotely so we reach out yeah. right away um our team reach out right away if they're not responsive or refuse to get out um we immediately file with airbnb and then we partnered with a security team here in, in chicago and then we have one out in california too 
um, where they'll come and, um, you know, they'll say you're violating the rules and, and you need to vacate. And mm-hmm. luckily, uh, it's intimidating enough that, you know, everyone, everyone realizes we need to get out. We're, we're either breaking the law here. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to lose my money. And we'll have Airbnb or Verbo cancel it on, um, on their behalf. So there isn't a, um, there isn't a reservation. So it's, it, it could be trespassing. So yeah, it's kind of like a rent-a-cop service, but they're not yeah. really cops. They're just security team. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty ingenious right there. How much does something like that cost? In Chicago, it's only two hundred fifty dollars. Two fifty a month? No, two two fifty per kickout. Oh, to per kick. Oh, okay. Oh, not that's not bad. Oh, it's uh, unbelievably great. And our team's good at getting to it um, faster. So before anything really happens or anything, and most people actually will leave. So uh, at least half. Right. Um, once, once they're caught, it's mentioned. So having someone being able to catch it early, um, having a backup plan if it doesn't go uh, doesn't go smoothly. Yeah. Um, has definitely helped because otherwise they could be there. You could have something going on for all night. The neighbors right. then don't like you. You have them calling us and it could go on to the next night. And we, yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. And then you don't have to get the police involved and get right. risk getting shut down and all kinds of craziness. That's a, that's ingenious right there. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead, Steve. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I've asked a lot. You, you guys said your direct booking site. So how are you dr- driving? What, what are you using for your direct booking site? And how are you driving traffic there? Yeah, with the direct site, um, it's something we really, really are trying to get, um, get better at and get more and more bookings. And it's funny because in some places it's not as popular, but like our vacation rental towns, people know, people are experienced vacationers. So they see a company name, you go on Airbnb, they'll look up the company name, and then you're at your site. Um, they will compare the price. And as long as you make it a little bit less, and even if it's a little bit less, it's actually going to be more for you because you're saving on the Airbnb fees. We, we sit right around 8%, um, higher than what we would our nightly rate on Airbnb is. Um, but with that, we also we have an Instagram. We'll do some marketing. We'll do some paid marketing. And then we also will, um, we have little boxes where you can click to subscribe. You get directed to our MailChimp, and then we'll send out a, a bi-weekly newsletter and then once on the site we even have like a little chat bot as well from a company called tdo and they um it's nice our vas monitor that too so just like an airbnb or verbo someone comes to your site i i came across it because before noise aware um before they changed their software they had this chat bot it popped up every single time you clicked anything and it kind of drove me a little crazy. I'm like, I need one. <laughs> so I ended up looking up a bunch of them and this one seemed to work out pretty well. And we just, now our team monitors that just like Airbnb verbal, but it's another place for us to communicate with the guest. No, and that's uh, Tidio, right? Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm using it too. Thanks for that one. <laughs> now I heard the, um, the Microsoft word paperclip guy is out of work. If you want to hire him. <laughs> <laughs> that freaking thing would annoy me back then back in the day trying to type something and hey, hey you're screwing up um so are you signing the right account <laughs> yeah um so the security team this this is really cool for me because i'm going to use this and you know i have a fledgling management company myself so i'm still in all your ideas hope you don't mind um so so the security team 250 do you have it in your rules if a guest tries to throw a party you charge them 500 bucks or something like that you know as a 
So we do say it's 500, sometimes it's 750. Good luck getting it from Airbnb. Oh, okay. But what we will put is you have to pay for the security team. Security team invoices you. Our other thing is if you block the camera, no blocking the camera, nothing good happens before that. And if, if you block the camera, we will call the security team. Um, it's one of the things we're kind of no nonsense about deliberately. You walk mm -hmm. by it, fine. But if you're standing putting your hand over it or piece of paper, piece of paper and you hear everyone come, like, you can still hear. No one's um, even gotten creative to try to put a picture of what's actually happening. <laughs> yeah, like in the movies, right? You put yeah, it exactly. Right. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> Block the camera. I like that. That's well, Matt, cool. So you 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 and you might have answered this. So you you pay them per dispatch. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In California, they want uh, you to be on retainer. So we've actually been looking into another company. They wanted you. Uh, oh, on retainer. Yeah, in California, is a higher market because, uh, like Malibu in, in in particular, like the parties are ridiculous right now. Like the the stuff we're fighting. I mean, we have almost all good guests, but. Every, you know, two months right now, there's somebody trying to book our house and sell 300 tickets to a party mm -hmm. and throw a massive party at it. And uh, we, we caught one beforehand on social media. And then one, unfortunately, they started and we, you know, had to work to get them out and everything. Uh, it was pretty crazy. That at least uh, Airbnb is seeming like they're, it's, it's a long, it's a long process, yeah. but it's seeming like they're going to cover us for the damages. So oh. the... You guys said you're in Malibu too, right? Yeah, that's the one that. Oof, yeah, you guys weren't the one that the balcony crashed down on the Airbnb. <laughs> oh, case, no, it? so we were right after. So I'm on the phone with the sheriff's department, and she and I go in Malibu, and she goes, "Are you the Are you the crashed balcony to the beach?" <laughs> no, <laughs> thankfully not. <laughs> Man, okay. Another another thing: hiring VAs. How? What What are your secrets to finding great VAs? Oh, it's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it is a lot of work. <laughs> so we started with onlinejobs.ph, uh, which, mm -hmm. which was great. I, I have no background at looking through resumes or hiring in general. So it, it, it was a lot. It was a lot of work. I went through hundreds of resumes, did a bunch of calls. And we were going to hire uh, one person. And we ended up hiring four. Three ended up joining. And just because of how impressed we were with kind of the price and everything and how we kind of mapped it out. Um, of those three, we've got a couple of friends, family, some of them took other jobs, but now we then had to go to um, a virtual staff finder. $500, definitely the way to go. You have professionals, you give all your descriptions of what you're looking for in that job, and they'll give you three candidates. Of those three candidates, we hired, we hired all three. Um, wow. One didn't end up working out, but one's now our manager, and the other one has one of the has great personality and had no Airbnb experience before, but it was a lot of uh, hand holding in the beginning. It was kind of follow how we do this, follow how I do this, um, and it was a little bit of micromanaging. You'd probably say more, yeah. um, and I probably stayed in a little bit too long, but it ended up. I think ended up now. They're great. They get 80, 90% right. Um, big decisions. They'll still kind of work with us, but for the most part, they, they have the green light. It's really cool to see them like progress and you can, you can watch them get so much better. And then they start to have ownership over it. Like, yeah. I, I think all of them will really enjoy working for us and what they do. And it's just really cool mm -hmm. to see that. 
Nice, nice. And I guess another question people get a lot is do you, when you start off like a VA and, and do you pay them hourly? Because like I know there'd probably be a lot of downtime if there's no messaging to answer, stuff like that. How do you, how do you uh, work out the pay structure and, uh, as towards how, how much uh, work they actually do? So we sure. used to do that. Um, we would do kind of, we'd have an hourly, your on rate and your off rate. It was during COVID and it was really slow. Now we, we don't worry about it. And it's definitely the way to go um, where we now have either like a fixed yeah. hour or we kind of have a salaried position. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most of them now and what we're transitioning to is like a more of a salary position where they have a set amount per month. Um, you know, we give out raises for whatever we feel they're necessary. They do, we we're doing the um, one month uh, bonus that, that they're, you know, that's like custom in the Philippines. We actually do it in the summer because we're still a little bit of a seasonal business. And then we still get the Christmas bonus. But I mean, we also have like a lot of benefits. I mean, we give them PTO or we give them paid time off. Um, we do a uh, bi-month or a uh, bi-weekly meeting, team meetings, where um, we let them go buy dinner and stuff for their families after and we cover all of that. So uh, in the end, I think we, we, we treat them pretty well and it ends up being a pretty good pay. Nice, nice. And you mentioned San Diego earlier. Now, um, I hear there's some pretty tough restrictions there. How's that, how's that working? It's coming, but it's not, it's not next July. Right. I think they're currently saying that it will go into effect next July. Um, no one exactly really knows how it's going to go yet. It seems like it's going to be somewhat of a free-for-all to get your hands on these licenses, and the city's only going to give out so many of them. So we're just doing everything we can to meet, you know, everyone that pays attention to this kind of stuff, maybe anyone that would be able to help us get these licenses, because uh, we really love San Diego. And I got to imagine if they wipe out that many Airbnbs, the amount that they're saying, that the ones that actually have licenses are going to be that much better. Because I think they're talking about, what, like 15000 down to 5000 or something ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I joined a couple of the calls through yeah. Airbnb. Um, yeah, it seems it's pretty tough. I've, I've been in San Diego a while, and, yeah, it, it's a very tough market, but – yeah, I, I can put you in contact with any people that I can run across, and yeah, definitely get you in contact with them. Because yeah, it's yeah, San Diego's a tough one, but it's it's profitable though, you know. All right, the great debate: arbitrage versus management. What side of the the debate are y'all on, and or do y'all dabble in both, or what? How, how do y'all approach that? What kind of economy? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, clearly in an, in an up economy, um, you know, arbitrage is going to make you the most money and you don't have clients to answer to, but that's the ultimate situation is everything's booming and you're in complete control and you don't have anyone to answer to and you're making the most money possible. But uh, client management's pretty great. I mean, you make money every month, no matter what. And the additional business that our clients lead to, because they refer us to our next clients and, they're constantly buying more stuff and it's a constant stream of new properties. There's definitely benefits to client management and, uh, but there's definitely tough parts too, because you're, you know, you're answering to somebody and your job is to, to make them money and to make them happy. Now, uh, what percentage are y'all in management and arbitrage? Uh, how many arbitrage we got left? Like 15? We have 15. Yeah. Yeah. We're 15, 15 of our 60 are arbitrage. Okay. So mostly management. Cool. Cool. Hold on, you said 50 or 15? 15. Okay. Yeah. Those are really our, basically our original 15. I think we only have a couple of new ones since COVID. I mean, we're considering it now going back into arbitrage. I mean, our ultimate goal is to, to buy and to own enough 
uh, properties that actually cash flow as long-term rentals. Um, so we have those real estate assets forever so we can retire, but in areas that we can Airbnb and just supercharge the returns, you know, either pay, pay, pay down the property faster or save up for our next one faster. But uh, it's a tough market to buy in right now. Uh, so, you know, maybe arbitrage needs to move while the economy is so hot. Have, have you guys considered like different creative strategies when it comes to buying? So we've, uh, we have, whenever an opportunity has come across, like we'll offer to do seller financing is something we're very interested in. Or even like the, the problem is right now, we've got enough uh, investors, clients, friends, and family who all want to buy. And we all want to buy, we've got money ready and it's like, let's go. And this market is just kind of nuts. So we're still looking, I know we'll find something, but you know, we were able to go into the group of investors on um, seven uh, cottages and then two more houses in Southwest Michigan. We really want to do more of that kind of stuff. But I think the dream would be to buy like multifamily properties that cash flow with long-term rentals, um, but then that are in areas that are cool with short-term rentals and put them all online. Yeah. Nice. So how do y'all go about um, finding units, finding your own arbitrages? Plus, how do you find units for other uh, clients that want to do this? I think, I think agents have been our best bet so far. I mean, like Peter was saying in the beginning, it was all cold calling and Zillow blasted and walking for dollars and all the classic uh, your strategies. But uh, now it's just partnering with really great real estate agents who have a lot of power behind their name so that when they go to other real estate agents and say, hey, you need to consider this Airbnb thing and letting my clients do this, it's a, it's a good deal for you. They'll listen to them because they have that much respect. And we did target in the beginning, at least, some places that weren't great for long-term rents. Right. Like uh, above a bar is, is great for when you're in town for a Cubs weekend, but to live above a bar isn't nice. great for 12 months. So <laughs> kind of see, oh, how long has this been on? Your, your agent will let you know. How long mm -hmm. this one's been on, uh, has it been rented in eight months? And normally then you kind of explain, you go in with your agent and um, normally give them the, your little elevator pitch and um, they're looking just to kind of fill that apartment. Right, right. That reminds me, man, I went to, I visited New York, uh, this was years back, but it, it, talking about, you know, um, living above, uh, you know, shops, businesses, bars, whatever, this, this one place was right above a Dunkin' Donuts. And, and it smelled really good. But man, when we got back here to Dallas. I, I smelled like donuts for a week, man. It's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, living above shops, that, that's an, it's an experience, an Airbnb experience. Yeah. Um, so how do, do you like handle everything? Let's say, uh, let's say I came to you. Hey, man, I, I really, I really love to have my own arbitrage and you ought to manage it. How, how do you do y'all handle everything for them? Say, hey, I got a place for you. We'll get it furnished for you. Boom, boom, boom. And, and how much does it cost to get someone set up? We're completely hands off in terms of setting up, um, you know, whatever the cost of the furnishings is. We, we don't do the furnishing ourselves. We partner with a stager, you know, local person who, who does that. Um, and then we'll just get the best quotes that we can. And it's anywhere from, I mean, geez, we've done, we've done as low as like $3,000 for one or two bed, but it's typically more like five to 10,000 to furnish something. Okay, cool. cool. But other than that, yeah, it's completely hands off. We do everything from, you know, marketing, advertising, booking, guest management, turnovers, maintenance, repairs, financial reporting. We, 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 you know, it's a completely carefree experience once, once you hire us. Nice. And, and what kind of percentage do you charge? 
Uh, we've, we've really progressed. Um, you know, in the, in the beginning, we had to get creative and um, bring out our first clients and gain trust. And uh, we actually offered like a, uh, we only make money when you make money. So uh, if we're under market rent, we don't charge a fee. And if we're over market rent, we, we, you know, we, we took 70%. That was our thing for a while. Um, once COVID happened, it was, uh, yeah, no way we could do that. So we shifted to more of like a 20% of net income. So everything we bring in minus all the operating expenses, that way we have skin in the game in terms of spending as little as we can for them. Now we've graduated to the point where, you know, we're growing enough and we only want to take on the types of properties that we know we want to take on with, you know, a minimum profit, uh, profit target for us. And in areas that we know we have a team that we can run very smoothly and isn't just going to be a huge headache and with those kinds of properties you know we bring in enough money for our clients now we're able to charge 25 percent of revenue and that's that's really our new model uh, which uh, you know there's still a lot of players out there charging 30 plus i mean we've been looking at northern michigan and they're charging 50 percent of revenue up there it's insane <laughs> yeah. you know so maybe something we can break into <laughs> love that that's, that's what we <laughs> And been looking at next. Mm -hmm. Peter's saying he's got some places up there. Which would now which model are our owners more likely to say yes to the revenue split, like the net split or the management model? Which one are have you seen that they're more inclined to be, you know, more, hey, I, I want to do this? Oh, I think that I think the split is a is a is a shoe in. Like when when we were doing the we only get paid when you get paid thing, that is guaranteed we close every time. No, mm. no we're not gonna do that. And then even the 20% of net. I mean, most of the time, it's a steal for them. If they're in a situation where they're not getting the long-term rent they need, and we can offer 20% of net income, I mean, that was almost always a shoe in as well. Um, and then now, yeah, people are starting to balk a little bit at the percentage of revenue, but there's other players out there, and I know we're as good as them. Um, so uh, it's almost like we don't, if it's going to be anything less than that, it's, we don't need it. It's got to be worth our time, too. It's right. got to hit a bottom dollar amount. And when you guys, so you guys mainly target the single, the landlord, right? Instead of the big apartment complexes? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Like in Chicago, the big apartment com complexes, almost all of them. It's not. Hmm. I mean, we could do like the uh, corporate leases, the 30 day mm -hmm. stays, but um, we just haven't had a leave our niche yet. Uh, one quick question that's been on my mind since we started. Um, what stadium is that behind you in that picture? Uh, that's Michigan Stadium. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big Buckeyes fan, so, yeah. But eh, y'all are still cool dudes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You had a good basketball team this year. That's, that's true. Uh, that's uh, nice. yeah, at least we got something right now. <laughs> You hadn't beat us. You hadn't beat us since the '90s, but you know, at football. But yeah, basketball team, not bad. <laughs> yeah, a rough one. So is that is that a diamond goat around your neck? Yeah, yeah. We're trying. Uh, uh, we so like uh, way back when we first got into this. Yeah, you know, they, things were hot in 2019, so everyone was jumping into the space, and it was so crowded. We were like, all right, what do, what do we need to do to stand out here? So number one, we were like, okay, if we're gonna get if we're gonna get in this business, let's let's go all out. Let's, let's be the best. We're, we're, we're going to be, we're going to be the goat. So we, we chose the name Goat Hope. That's like our, our company. And then also it's like, how do we stand out? And we said, if we put goats all over everything, we put goats in our units, 
goats, goats on our social media, we're goats around. And people are going to remember us as the goat people. At least it's something to stand out versus, you know, plain Saunder with the same unit everywhere. So. That is a good idea on Brandon right there. Keep it like <laughs> the goat. And then you got, do you guys, you guys put goats in every unit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Everyone likes like a little goat painting or goat artwork. Yeah, um, little statues, all this, this kind guy. of stuff. Yeah, we're yeah. just always on Amazon looking for goats. And you guys also said something at the beginning. You guys said you would walk for dollars. Yep. Now, okay, how do you choose where to walk at for dollars? Like, I know I, I've driven for dollars, but to walk for dollars, are you guys just targeting downtown areas? How how, how are you choosing? The, where, how are you choosing those areas? Yeah, it, it was it was really based off the units that were working well for us. So like Wrigleyville was our best unit when the Cubs were good, and it was summertime, and it was pre-COVID. So we would just walk around Wrigleyville and take down every for for rent sign, for rent by owner. We drop off our business cards everywhere and just start calling people. Um, that was the best. Plus, it's like to us, it was inspiring. So we would also do it in areas where maybe it was a little bit harder. Like we would do it in the Gold Coast of Chicago, um, just looking for, for rents also, even though there was not a lot of them. But like the houses, just these multi-million dollar row homes, brick and gray stone. And you just can't not be fired up about life doing that. Nice way to spend like a Saturday or Sunday to go out for a couple hours, walk right. around. Um, I was new to the city or I hadn't moved yet too. So it was like, it was me being not from the big city. It was just yeah. like, Oh my God, this is awesome. I, I loved it. I looked forward to it. Nice. Mm. Nice. So, so branding is real big with you guys, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And so is that, I mean, that's part of what the, what the goat thing is to stand out huh? Exactly. How, how, what else do you do to, to, to stick out to, to brand your company as good as you can? We've really evolved it now. I think at the beginning we were like, let's just, you know, Grant Cardone style barrel in and be the best, you know. And I think now we've realized, you know, our units are, we're never going to, we don't want to be, a, 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 you know, a Saunder. We, we, we want something unique. Um, and we have different types of units all across the country, whether it's small units that are outdated in cool locations to mansions to big townhomes and no matter what we wanted something that we could hang our hat on and be uniform about and we realized one of the reasons we love this business is we love travel and we love food and going out and trying fun things so we realized if we can be the people that provide our guests with the greatest experiences of all time then that's something we can hang our hat on so we're all about finding the best restaurants, the best things to do, and letting our guests know about that. Goat yeah. recommendations. The exactly. Goat, <laughs> goat racks, that's what we call them. <laughs> the goal is even to even have little goat statues. We'll yes. just go give them to restaurants. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, they'll, don't know what they'll do with them, but yeah. <laughs> that's down the... Uh, when we're the next mission, we'll look back at those those two young kids walking <laughs> with the golden goat, and they said, what the hell is this? <laughs> but, we're even doing it to an extent right now. We have a promotion called Goat Local. If you use our hashtag Goat Local, tag the restaurant and tag us on Instagram, we'll give you $15 back. Um, and then you can use that twice. So mm-hmm. go to any stay. We're, we're trying to support local business. Yeah, it's tough times yeah. completely. We were also just sick of all these people saying that Airbnb is like the worst thing for the city and we're just throwing parties and we're negative, negative, negative. And it's like, in reality, when you're somewhere where there's a lot of tourism, at least, 
Airbnb is huge for the local economy, especially now that hotels aren't doing a great job because everyone wants to stay there. We're the ones bringing in people from another economy and we're the ones having our travelers spend money in the local economy. And right now that's more important than ever. So to us, it's like, I'm, I'm sick of Airbnb and short-term rentals having this negative name. Like we're going to actually give back to the community. Mm. Now, have you ever, I mean, y'all, y'all got a ton of listings. Y'all have a ton of experiences. What do you do when a, a guest starts, um, starts cussing you out on the Airbnb messaging? Luckily, it's not as, our, so our team handles all guest management. And luckily, we have five of the nicest people of all time because that's kind of what we went for with our customer service team. Um, they do get some not so happy guests, but they do have a good way of diffusing the situation. And when we go into a situation like that, whether our fault, their fault is we're, we're still trying to be pro-guest, pro-guest as, as much as we can be. And sometimes it might, it might bite us in the butt, but I think you're doing the right thing in hospitality. And it is, it is our business. It's, um, it works better for us than it doesn't. Hmm. All right. Crazy story time. Tell us the craziest thing you've ever been through during an Airbnb. <laughs> That's a lot of them. <laughs> One of them was that uh, just the Malibu, someone trying to sell 400 tickets to a party in the house. That was pretty ridiculous. But uh, I still want my money back for that, by the way. <laughs> I know. That's right. <laughs> the thing is, we, we kind of, it kind of stunk because we had an Airbnb booking for a weekend yeah. and then Airbnb canceled it. And they're like, okay, th- this is weird. They're like, someone's trying to throw a party, didn't provide any details. Two weeks later, no, two weeks later, someone on Verbo books it and it had the same last name, different first name. So we're thinking brother, sister or something. Um, And then after they check in, Airbnb sends us a thing like, hey, we shut down this party. Here was a link um, to their Instagram or something. Two weeks later. The day they check in. Yeah. Two weeks later, I checked, I, I clicked the link. And I'm seeing mansion party, 400 tickets sold, hit this person up, hit this person up. And we're just like, oh, no, all, all, all systems go. Or yeah. I'm calling the guy. Yep. The, our team's calling. We're calling the police to be heads up. All these different Instagram accounts. Yeah. We're like creating fake Instagram accounts to message them like, hey, where's the party at to make sure that you're going to Oh, be. nice. And we're just watching. Luckily, finally, what they, they all announced, like, owner's crazy, got to move yeah. this party. <laughs> like, still on, come here. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they ended up moving it to a restaurant, and instead of having 500 people, like 15 came back, which was, I, I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't. Oh, as, we still got the booking. And yeah, the, we still got the booking and, and the fine. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I have a question. 400 tickets sold. Now, this brings me to the ultimate question. How big is this property, and how much were you charging per night for this property? It is a, a large house in, in Malibu, four, four beds, you know, three outdoor spaces, multiple living rooms. It's a big house and yeah. it's very private in Malibu. Unfortunately, it's a huge security risk. Yeah. Um, but usually we just, with our screening and our reviews and everything like that, I mean, we price most people out, honestly. Wow. Cause, cause that, that's been the thing. Um, cause you, I don't know if you guys seen the video in North Dallas, man. Dude's property just got destroyed due to a party. And I was just, that's my biggest thing. I'm like, okay. But this dude clearly had no systems in place. He just had a huge place and was letting anyone book. But I was like, man, how much does he charge per night? You know, and 
Because I know partiers usually do the one-night stays and um, things like that. So also, what things are you guys putting in place so partiers don't book that place again? Are you guys doing, like, no one-night stays, extremely high fees? What, what are you guys doing? We have very, very strict house rules, uh, listing rules. We try to push – we really try to push and be family-oriented place here. Um, we don't do a – we add like either whether it's um, a higher cleaning fee or a higher management fee, it all goes into the revenue, but that's per stay. So we have extra things per stay to force people. To, it makes more sense for them to do longer stays. Um, with, and, the, with the party warnings, part yeah. of our automated messages are the party warnings. Like we were talking about earlier, you know, no parties, you, you risk eviction, fines, uh, you know, all the above. And uh, Very upfront with the outdoor cameras. Yeah. Uh, noise aware systems so just trying to push as many of those things so they re you're you're looking between two different listings and it's not cheap like it's not cheap at all to, right. to book there but you're comparing two and it's like ah, i feel a little bit safer going maybe with a different option if i'm not planning on following these rules right we strike up a conversation beforehand too yeah. you know rvas do a really good job now coming in what are you doing in town how many people are going to be there and that just strikes up a pretty good conversation where a lot of the times we, we, we know. Yeah. We need to know purpose of stay. We need to know how many people are staying. Right. We need to know how many visitors. What was the big, in Chicago, the big excuse uh, was funerals, right? During yeah, during COVID. COVID. Yeah, you, you, funerals, you know, weren't really a thing during COVID. And the amount of people trying to throw parties using funerals as their excuse. Our, I think our, our VAs are terrified of funerals to this day. Completely. <laughs> <laughs> We have one checking in tonight. I was like, oh, I think this one, this one's fine. Right, this one, right. wish your condolences. Yes. <laughs> but uh, no, our first seven, our first seven funerals were not funerals. No. They, they <laughs> were ragers. And then the eighth one, very sorry for ladies loss. And uh, it was legit. And it's like, all right, we're starting to get past COVID. Yes. Bars <laughs> are opening, restaurants are opening. No one wants to say no for family in town for a funeral but the amount of funerals that were same day wednesday thursdays is like ah it was something something's uh going on here <laughs> but a pent-up frustration from not being able to party at the clubs right at the bars mm -hmm. um, oh go ahead no, good. oh i was gonna ask you so what are your plan what are your guys' plans for like expansion are you guys looking to expand more and also what areas do you got would you guys like to target we're, we're, we're trying to be very focused now. So we are taking our top markets and we're looking at the types of properties that are most successful there that we know we can plug and play into our base our best teams in the country. Um, so we really like, we still like uh, San Diego currently. We know we can get at least another year out of it. We're hoping we can figure it out. We're, we're looking for, you know, another um, multi-unit building that we can rent all of them together. I think that completely avoids the neighbor issues that we're having in Chicago. We really like that. And then we're really targeting, sorry, there's three of them. That's one. Our number two best stuff, and actually maybe our number one best stuff, is these lake towns. Like it's still, it's still COVID enough that everyone wants to get away from the city and they want their own space. And people are loving lake towns. We're seeing prices higher than they've ever been in these lake towns. So like one of the properties that we're being most successful on in Michigan right now, it's one plot of land that we have seven cottages on. So we're essentially bringing in seven units worth of income on one piece of property. Mm. We bought the thing for you know, $600,000 yeah. and spent 150, 200 on improvements. But I mean, the thing cash flows insanely yeah. well. 
Um, and then, oh, sorry. Oh, no, I just, just one thing about like these, anything with what Michael said about full apartment buildings okay. or even complexes. One thing that we do that I, I think a lot of hosts don't take advantage of, if you have multiple units in like a building or have an apartment building, list it all together mm -hmm. and then have your sub apartments. Because the amount of times in San Diego is like, you can book all four of ours individually, but there's not many places in San Diego where you can book an entire building that sleeps 30 people and you charge a premium for it. I, I, if you booked each four um, individually, I, we, we put about 30% on it as an right. entire thing and it flies off. I mean, it's not, it's rare because sometimes a lot of one of the apartments are going to be booked or one of the cottages are going to be booked, but you get one, you get a few, you get a lottery ticket right. a month. It, it really helps in the bottom line. Look at it in the, the, the seven cottages on one plot of land in, in Southwest Michigan on Pawpaw Lake. Um, we have three straight bookings that are all seven cottages for that premium in July. Those three bookings are a total of 18 grand in revenue for one week. And that's good. And it's a small yes. town that we're both from Michigan. We, we've right. never heard of it. Nope. <laughs> right. So that is amazing man that is amazing I, I you know i've always heard in the past like i have friends that were in the hotel industry and stuff like that and they say for example like um uh chinese tourists like to travel in the big groups together and come to town together so something like that would be great you know for a foreign you know foreign people coming to the country and, and wanting to stay in one big group and save a lot of money right weddings we found have been yeah. great people football games those have been great. Um, well, and too, like if you add more people to it, um, you, you show up in more searches. So whether mm -hmm. we have four two bedroom, they sleep five units. So a total of 20 people can sleep there. So sometimes you look breaking down on family, okay, five people, okay, six people, we're not gonna show up. But maybe if you're looking for seven people, San Diego's a busy town, maybe now our entire listing shows up. It's 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 a lottery ticket that takes an extra twenty five minutes to set up. Mm, I yeah. love that. I love that. Yeah, okay. I need to go do that. Start listing my places together as one. I think we just talked about that too, Steve, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I I got um two units coming up for a couple clients of mine, and they're like literally you know like one two doors down from each other in the same little complex, right? And I was like, man, and we could list it. Like you said, as a group, as two one bedrooms together, it make like this, you know, this place where it'll fit more people, whatever. And then, you know, and then individual listing for each one. And Michael was showing me how he does that, how he's done that before, like renting out uh, a house room by room or rent it out all together. Right. And your yeah. porter makes it really easy. And I think, Michael, you use it or I don't know. Yes, sir. And has it really easy to link those, uh, link the calendars together. Right. Yeah. That, that, that's nice. on my to-do list now. <laughs> the goats, man. This has been a great interview, y'all. Thanks for hopping on with us. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really been good having y'all, man. I've talked to y'all. I think, I think one or both of y'all in the DMs before, man. And y'all, man, y'all, y'all are killing it. Keep doing it, man. And thank you for coming on. And thank you for continuing to listen to us. I didn't know, didn't know you guys were listening to us in the cubicle. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we went. We started a little bit late, but then we kind of went back and worked our way through. But yeah, no. I think I was ahead of you one week, and I'm I'm sitting next to Peter, and I think it was when you were talking about uh, Tidio, 
And uh, you, you mentioned Peter, and all of a sudden I go, uh-oh. And I pause it. <laughs> my headphones playing on loud. It was pretty funny. It was awesome. <laughs> Let's go. Where can people find you so yeah. yeah, we're our Gmail would be just goathote at gmail.com. G-O-A-T-H-O-T-E. And then goathote.com. And then our Instagram will be at goatstays.com. Sweet. Thank you so much. Any parting words, uh, people that are uh, nervous to get into the industry, any advice for them? Um, yeah. You want to go? Yeah, the best thing. So Michael and I are complete opposites. Yeah. I was perfect everything, and Michael's like, "Ah, done's better than perfect." And I'd say just just jump in, yeah. get started. It's the best. Um, it's the best advice you get. It's the only way you can really learn this business is getting started and, and figuring it out as you go. There's right. there's no right way. And and we're also, I mean, we're I mean, if, if you want to learn from us, like we're also always looking for partners. Um, so we usually offer uh, a ten percent of our profit um, for any referral for a client or a property or basically anything that we end up doing. Like if you bring us a, a client or you bring us a property and we end up managing that property or, or renting it or whatever, um, we cut that person into 10% of our profit. Nice. Yeah. And that's really well for us. We've got some great partners that you know, love, love uh, sending stuff on way. Oh man, I'm sending some people to you. 10%? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's over the whole deal? Yep. Oh, your your inbox is about to blow up. <laughs> that's why they're the goats. Yeah, that's a goat move right there. <laughs> Peter and Michael, thank you all so much for hopping on, man. Wish you all the best of luck. That's fine. Thank you. Thank you, man. Catch you on the other side. Sounds good. See you. Man, another powerful episode, dude. That they dropped some gems, man. I was like, dang, that was that was a really good episode, dude. Like the the bi-week dang, that's what I wanted to ask him. I want to know what this what's in those bi-weekly newsletters they send out. Cause that's mm. a smart idea to keep your, you know, your brand in front of them. The goat, the the goat thing. I was like, dang, they turned that into a theme and it's their name. That that was dope, man. <laughs> Yeah, man, I can't wait to uh, have them back because I'll probably be at 100 units by then. But uh, Yeah, any nice, things you took from the episode? Uh, well, I got like two pages of notes, man. So <laughs> what do they say? Great artists borrow. Uh, I was like, good artists borrow, great artists steal. No. <laughs> just, oh, they're cool with it. They're sharing everything they know. And that's the, cool, that's the thing about, you know, shows like this or, you know, real estate shows, you know, bigger pocket, whoever they'll give you all the the whole business here this is how you do it and what 99% of the people ain't gonna do it anyways right that's what it but is but we all 1% out there that are gonna take our advice take our guest advice and do this you're gonna be very successful you have no excuses facts dude like that, that this this whole giving people 10% if they bring a that that is, yeah. you can't beat that dude what I'm, I'm calling Federico right now talking about that <laughs> Yeah, that, that's one hell of. I was like, "Damn!" And I got to start pricing my direct booking site a little lower. So I, I didn't think about that. Price it eight percent less, you still get more money because of the Airbnb fees. I was like, "Yeah." So yeah, they they dropped some real good gems. Uh, th those are really actionable steps for everybody to take. You should definitely be able to grow your business after this episode. Nice. Where can folks find us? Find us at live, let thrive at gmail. Email us at live, let thrive at gmail.com. Send us, uh, you can follow us on IG at live, let thrive. And still y'all can thank you for continuing to support the show. 
man, it's been an awesome ride and we're going to keep pumping out content and keep growing our businesses. And uh, yeah, thank y'all for continuing on to support us. Yeah. Hit me up too. Uh, Argest Rentals, A-R-G-E-S-T, rentals at gmail.com uh, or argestrentals.com. And I will, um, yeah, try to implement some of this goat stuff in my business and Micah too. And we're just, yeah, we're in this, we're in this to help you guys. And um, we'd love to chat. Yeah. Hit us up. Helping y'all while we're helping ourselves. (laughs) We are out. Later. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.